songs that will leave beyond us and we still carry the meaning that they should. You can also call them classics. They, uh, they've been there before us. After we have gone, the songs will still remain. Powerful songs with powerful messages for such a time as this. Why do I have to welcome you back? You've been missing on this program. Yes, for about two to three weeks. The last three episodes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Actually, we have got to thank for life because we parted ways on the ground of um, uh, disease, I would say, that would not allow us to be together. Yeah, the pandemic. We had to quarantine, uh, we had to isolate. Yeah, we had to stay in isolation for some days, and uh, it was really an interesting experience. Mm -hmm. You see, we read of stories in the Bible, and then for those few days, you spent more time with God or doing other things too. But it was a worthy experience. Yes, I missed this discussion, but I must thank God and I must thank God for you too, for the grace to still carry on in spite of the fact that, yeah, you could say, yeah, because of the pandemic, you're able to do it. You still were able to do it in the strength of Christ. Yes. So really, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be back again. Welcome back, Gabriel. Thank you very much. And uh, would you want to pray for us as we plunge into the lesson? Dear Father, thank you for the grace to study your word we have come again after working for the week doing so many things and yeah we are enjoying the fruit of the sabbath please as we discuss your word let your spirit illuminate our hearts and let glory be ascribed unto your holy name let these words change our hearts for we have prayed in Jesus' name amen amen So Gabriel, today's lesson is about education and redemption, and uh, we have our key test in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So Paul was writing to Timothy here, young pastor. Um, a young pastor. And he was explaining the import of the scriptures. And uh, the first line here is that the scripture is not something that was devised by man. It was not inspired by man. God inspired. It was not the work of a genius. No, it wasn't. I mean, that would not meet the 
the, the, the intelligence we see in God's word, something that transcends human comprehension. And then Apostle Paul also tries to let the young man know that, of course, if you look at this text, it's not talking about the entire scripture that we have today. Literally, they were referring to the Old Testament scripture. But of course, in our day, we know from Genesis to Revelation, all the Bible books are inspired. However, this book that Apostle Paul is referring to tells the young pastor, if you want to do well in your ministry, if you want to make strides, not for self-aggrandizement or for glorification, but for the sake of doing that which God has called you to do, to lead to care for the sheep, you, you have to ensure that the scripture plays a very, very pivotal role in your ministry. And that's why it is not just any book. It is not a biology textbook. It's not a physics textbook. This is the Bible. It is not inspired by human making. It is inspired by God. And human agencies use their own, so I mean, to express God's mind to the people. And today, it remains a very uh, point of reference for us living in this age and time, especially as we look and live in view of eternity. Hmm. That's powerful now. You know, the other part of the test has uh, a lot if we unpack it just for a while. You know, Paul is also telling Timothy that the scriptures are profitable. What does it mean? Something that will benefit you. Beneficial, yeah. So it's not just something you have to do because you have to do it. Mm -hmm. It's something that has benefit. Yes, I mean, he says profitable for doctrines. Because the word doctrine is also synonymous. I mean, if, if we if we take a break, you know, if we say it is profitable, yeah. Even if Paul didn't give the other rationale, I mean, the other qualifiers, okay. it's still profitable. The scriptures are still profitable. That's why we are given the scripture. It's just like someone who bought a new gadget, and you don't know how it's operated. It's not going to be profitable to you. It will benefit you even even when you've bought, you 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 bought it and uh, you spent your money, but you have no manual, you have no guide on how to use it. It will benefit you. So God has given us the guide, the guide, the guide to life, Absolutely. and that's the scriptures. How to live life. You know, some persons will still wrestle with the scripture to deceive people, especially unwary readers and believers. However. Paul is saying that the Bible, the scripture, which is inspired by the Holy Spirit, is profitable, not just for anything. It is profitable for the very things, the qualifiers we see in for the doctrine. for doctrines. You know, the scripture too um, has been used by some persons to deceive other people, used out of context to... So you're talking about false doctrines... Of course. ...and teachings, true doctrines. But they still use the Bible... But Apostle Paul is saying that the truth about the scripture is that it is profitable for teaching. If you everybody teaches a lot of things. Actually, we all call ourselves Christians, but we teach different things from the same Bible. Mm -hmm. Staying with the scripture, Apostle Paul tells the young pastor, Timothy, it's profitable for doctrine. So doctrines are important. Teachings of the Bible. You know, are we, live, we live in a time when people de-emphasize doctrines mm -hmm. and they talk about the move of the Holy Spirit. They talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, there is no reliance on scripture as there is on feelings. Yeah, emotions. And, uh, emotions, emotionalism you find in many congregations today. So the Bible reminds us in this test that 
doctrines are important. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in the doctrines, you find the person who is thought of, who is written about in the Bible, and that's Jesus. In every page of the Bible, you find Jesus. For instance, in the, in the doctrine of creation, you find Jesus the creator. Yeah, the one actively involved in creation. In the doctrine of the law, you find Jesus the lawgiver. In the doctrine of of the Sabbath, you find Jesus who is our rest. Man. In the doctrine of death and resurrection, you find Jesus who died our death that we may live his life mm-hmm. and who is alive forevermore. So doctrines are important. And then Paul talks about reproof, correction. Mm-hmm. The Bible is useful in correcting people. It, it doesn't mean that you have to use the Bible as a sledgehammer. That's true. But in love, you correct people, right? Yeah, because we find what is right. You know, you don't know what is right when you do not know what is wrong. The Bible says, he that knows what is good Mm. and refuses to do it to him, it is sin. But sometimes when you want to do what is right and you don't know what is right, Mm. the Bible is... Uh, gives us the blueprint of what is wrong and what is right. But you see, in the world that we live in today, it has become a, a thing of contention. I mean, what is right for you may not necessarily be right for me. But if we believe in the universality of the scripture, and then uh, we believe that what the scripture you mean is too the relevant, universality of the scriptures, you mean, I mean that the, the, the scriptures apply to everybody? It's a, whether from Africa, everybody. whether from Europe, yes, the context may not be the same, but the principles are universal and it's relevant even up to the present. Mm. Yes. Well, that's interesting because that's exactly what the Bible does for us. But there is one thing I found out in the lesson the Bible tells the story of redemption. And that's the lesson today, yeah. education and redemption. We have established in our, in our previous lessons that true education is the attempt to restore man to Back the to image the position, of God, you know, yeah, from where man fell. fell. So yeah. that's true education. That's true education. And then if the Bible is the story of redemption, it means that we need the Bible in education. It's, it's indispensable. We can't do we can't do without the Bible, especially because through education. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. that the, the Bible tells us of the fall of man, mm-hmm. how man man fell from the original position of obedience, and then the plan of God to restore him. Redeem redemption simply means I want to get something back. I want mm-hmm. to redeem something back. So what, something must have happened to that thing. That thing must have left the original position it have it was initially, and God wants to do something back. Education will be a tool in restoring man back. But we know that in the world of today, there are different shades of education. We're talking about Christian education. Christian education is what we're talking about. But even in Christian education, we still have a lot of anomalies in the Christian education. But in the light of the context of um, our study today, we see the lesson of a teacher and a student. Students feeling, but the teacher never giving up on the students. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very, very... Powerful lesson for us today, living in this time, we have to keep learning. No matter how much time we feel, if Christ never gives us an us, if he wants us to get it, still avail us with the Holy Spirit, then it means we cannot afford to be failure. Yeah, education is something God has put in place for us. I don't uh, think that um, education is unimportant. Uh, some people would want us to believe that, okay, if with uh, the problem we have in the church today is that people have gone to study and they've gone to acquire knowledge. 
That's not true. Education it's, in and of uh, itself is not problematic. It's exposure to information, to it knowledge, is to ideas. Knowledge is power. It all depends on how you manage the it. The motive of your study or whatever mm. your motive you have. But ideally, education is power. You know, when man was met, there was this idea of God uh, making man in his image. Yes. And then it's, has, it has been a point of... Um, Contention among scholars. Contention. Different scholars have given different interpretations to the image of God in man. And then some will, I had a very lame explanation one time. And then the person said, but if we are all made in the image of God, how come I don't look like you? You don't look like me. And yet you claim you're made in the image of God. For that person, the image of God is the physical appearance. But of course, we know that the image of God goes beyond the physical appearance. Mm. Beats, bothers around the character of God. Im image suggests... A reflection, a reflection of something. of something, yeah. Just like when you stand before the mirror. You're not the one standing in the mirror. It's your reflection that is standing before the mirror. So how you reflect Christ, how much of Christ's character do you reflect to the world around we you? We are not God. Of course we are not. We are God is way above us. So that's the starting point. <laughs> so we cannot say that we are gods and that uh, we have the same essence as God. We are not. We are lower beings. But we have the image of God, and that is the character of God. Yeah, and that's that what is seen you know, as tried to mark to the face. And then, but in spite of what sin has done, there is still the deliberate effort on the part of our Creator mm. to sustain that image of God in us. Of course, it comes with so much learning, so much submission to the will of the Holy Spirit, mm. and then allowing the Bible to have its rightful place in our heart. So, yes, the image of God is a thing of contention among scholars, but it's simply helping us to reflect that which God has kept in us, that sin the face. When I, I said, Cara, that I don't mean that uh, we are omniscient, we are omnipresent. Those, those, are, are, qualities the, those are the of attributes he cannot share with divine any being, yeah, divine being. But God is love. We are to be loving. Mm -hmm. God is kind. God is, you know, good. Basically, the God fruit is... of the Spirit that is expected <laughs> from us. Yeah. Not just a part and the rest are missing. Mm. The fruit that contains the the, the subsets and all mm. the things we all should have. I mean, these things reflect the God that we serve. So it should not be missing. And true education should point every believer to that direction. So if our, if our education does not meet this standard of restoring the image of God in us... There's something that's wrong. Something is wrong. Especially in our citadel of learning the church setting mm. when we have um, an educational system that promotes um, things like evolution like you and I experienced sometimes when the lecturer was teaching and was talking about the soil of millions of years ago mm -hmm. I mean that does not reflect the God who created and lived six literal contiguous consecutive days mm. but then education tells us true education tells us that we have a God who created he created us. Mm. We wandered away. Now he's in the business of redeeming us. That's true. He's still doing that work in the heavenly sanctuary. That is true education. Any education that does not side with that stance, of course, will not jive with the tenets of the scripture. So true education should always point us to Christ the creator, what he's doing for us, even in the heavenly sanctuary. You're right, Gabriel. You know, the story of redemption is the story of education from creation to incarnation and from incarnation to recreation. And God is a, is a teacher and heaven is our school for all time. So education doesn't end here 
on it. It doesn't end with your uh, with your PhD. You know, it doesn't end with that. As a matter of fact, we we told we will learn all through eternity. Mm. I heard a saying from a wise man who says, um, the day you learn everything about God, he ceases to be God. Mm-hmm. Because we cannot know everything about him. Yeah, and that's why it's something says, about that too. Yeah, that's yeah. all through eternity, but we keep learning mm. how amazing the redemption God is. will be the science of eternity. It's, it will be the thing we're going to study all through eternity how God became man to save man. What is it's mysterious be, to us right now? It's going to be amazing. It will be. We should therefore endeavor to be there. So Jesus has also given us the model of what a teacher should be or what a teacher should look like. And I want to tell us that the role of a teacher in, in education, in, in, I mean, in the Christian sense, is pivotal. It's pivotal. Very pivotal. Because a teacher is like a mirror. And the student looks to the teacher, trying to reflect the teacher. My worry about... Uh, education today in the church is that sometimes we have people in our schools who don't even understand our philosophy, who don't even, they don't even subscribe to it. They don't even like it. You have a lot of them and sometimes people say, oh, it's because the government says we have to employ people. But I beg to disagree. We can, it's a private business we run. And, uh, you know, I did a research about our educational system in the past. Mm-hmm. And you would you would agree, at least with with history, that when our schools began with the Mary Byntons of this world, our schools began as a place of refuge for our own children, right? It was later on that the idea of, okay, maybe we can open our schools up for people who are not Adventists to come. It could be a means of evangelism. But the primary goal of Every Adventist school is supposed to be the upbringing, the training of those who continue this work of the gospel. But that's not the case today. It yeah. seems our schools have become Business commercial centers. It is and, true. Uh, the values are dying, right? It is true. But I, I tried to just reason through the old experience of a teacher. I remember that there were courses in secondary school, I will call them the subjects then, mm. that I didn't like. Not because I didn't like the course, but because I didn't like the teacher. And because I didn't like the teacher, not necessarily because... Um, and the timing of the teaching, like in maybe my college, mathematics we, in the afternoon. we always had mathematics it's, in it's, the afternoon. It's inappropriate. And, and then we also see teachers who teach because they don't have any other option elsewhere. So the passion is not there. It's not there. They just teach because of the pain. Actually, they come and tell you, they tell you, um, in the past seven years, nobody has had an A in this course. A belongs, and I can see they tell you, who are potential they, f- failures in this class. Uh-huh. I see, and you, and I, you they, scared. They, yes, it meant that A belongs to God, B belongs to me, then C to the best amongst you. And then when you hear such things, you just give up on, on whatever it is. But Jesus was not that kind of teacher. Jesus, Jesus saw the best in you. He, he always he led you. Even when you don't even see it in yourself, he always helps you, points you to seeing the best in you. And not just that, he also helps you to become the best that you can be. Mm. Always Make it object lessons. You know, you know, Jesus didn't call himself teacher. People were calling People him, rabbi. him rabbi. You know, he didn't yes. call himself teacher. So it is not something we ascribe to ourselves. By the way, some way in James, the Bible says that those who are teachers should be careful because yeah. you know when you teach others, then it's it means you should know. 
You should know better. No, there are persons that we we are during our studies. We we see their gifts in teaching. I mean, you know, this one is really a teacher. He will go down to her to ensure that. Of course, the Bible talks about teaching as a spiritual gift. Yes, as a, I mean, it's actually a gift. Even Ellen White alluded to that. So, if you don't have the gift, the patience to impart knowledge, yeah, it's not an easy task. In these days of no jobs, everybody's becoming a teacher because. That's what the environment has made people to become. And it's demeaning our education. But I'm talking about the church, our schools, our Sabbath schools, mm -hmm. you know, all other avenues we have for teaching. How much are we investing in these things? Look, having, having a failed blueprint for education is as good as having a failed blueprint for this church. That's true. Because this church began as a school, Sabbath school, by the way. You know, Sabbath school, that's the bedrock of the church. Mm. If our Sabbath schools are not functional, then the church is on its way out. That's so true. We should begin to, we should have good teachers. In the church, there are people who can teach. Sometimes, let's even talk about the Sabbath school because it's not just about um, the... Uh, Educational system. You know, the schools. You you come to some Sabbath school classes and you're wondering what's the person standing there doing? The person didn't study the lesson, and he's just reading the lesson. <laughs> Teaching is an art; it is also a science. It's something you cultivate. It's something you grow. It's not something you do because you're an elder or a pastor. Not every pastor can actually teach. And be humble enough to say, "I can't teach." There are elders in this church who can teach and let them teach. You know. We should learn from Jesus. You know, the truth is, um, Jesus also went about having something as the center of his teaching. Whatever he was teaching, there is always a drive to mm. seek and save the lost. He has told, a goal for that's, students. That's the goal. I mean, every teacher ought to have a goal. And all of us ought to be Bible students. And we should also be able to teach. Mm. The Bible talks about the earth being filled with the glory of God. We know that we all have a role to play in ensuring that happens. Mm -hmm. Going about teaching uh, your friends. You don't have to go to the uttermost part of the world. It begins with your circle of influence. Mm. Learn of God, spend time with him, try to be truly educated and not miseducated. Mm. And just do the little you can do in your corner. Tell people about what Jesus came to do and what he's still doing at the present to ensure that we are redeemed. That we redeemed. That's right, Gabriel. And if the Bible is the story of redemption, it means every part of the Bible is important. Very essential. You know, the prophets, the Psalms, every part of the it's Bible is, is, is important. Mm -hmm. Though we need to also understand the context, but every part of the Bible is important. If they were not important, God wouldn't have wasted time and space to put them there for us, right? And he preserved them all, all through, through the ages. ages. So uh, we should understand that there is wisdom in the scriptures. Yeah. And God wants us to glean from the scriptures. Absolutely. You find wise men and wise men in the scriptures. There is a flow that goes through the scripture that is quite interesting mm. from the very beginning that a lot of people know as Torah, mm. the ones written by Moses. You see that basically these are not just um, the laws, they are also instructions. Torah instructions. also is one of those teachings. How things God had led his people in the, in the past. past. And then those things that will sustain our grace, our relationship and how with God him. God is leading us. And how we have followed. We see that in the prophets. How the mm. prophet had spoken God's mind and how the children of Israel had obeyed. And then in the writings, all the writings in the scripture, mm. we see the success and the They're failures. Even the book Everything of Numbers is important. has significance. <laughs> you know, that's why... I, I, I have to confess. 
Sometimes it's difficult to read the book of Numbers. Especially the genealogies. When you're reading genealogies, and then well, you know, you God has a message in the book of Numbers. He's just, intentional. Just find out what He's intentional. messages in the book There of was a time we were doing a study about the lunar Sabbath, and then it was just the genealogy that did gave us the, the, the breakthrough mm. in the course of that study. And then you were like, you always read this thing for a lot of times, you just keep it and go to the next place. But it was patient. Yeah, not that's, that's that's the challenge with study. But study requires sometimes patience. we only want to claim the blessings. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yeah. Every tongue that shall rise against me. You know the good but sides. God has other things in the scriptures. When you read about um, John, the son of Gabriel, Gabriel, the son of Luke, you're wondering why was this space and time? That's not the worst. It you is. have to bend down yeah. and listen and hear what God has to say. Isn't I mean, it? A lot of times it makes us understand that the Bible is also historically congruent. It is. It is. And you find a lot of wise men and wise women in the scriptures. You understand how God led them, how they interfaced with God and the people and uh, their failures and their and their strengths. We learn from all these things. That's the that's, that's the story of redemption. Now, why do you have the story of David and Bathsheba in the scriptures? Maybe the Holy Spirit, who inspired the writers, could have made them forget that story. Maybe to paint David only in the good light. Mm. But God said, no, put the good and bad there. Learning Not points. for us to repeat the bad of David. Learning points for us. Not for us to be as cunning as Jacob. Not for us to be as, as, uh, <laughs> as uh, what do I call him now? Solomon, he liked many women. Not for us to be like him, but to learn from him, isn't it? The Bible has given us at least a balanced view of life. We see the bad, we see even the very good ones, we see their flaws. The Bible mm. includes all of those. Not so that we can repeat their folly, but so that we can learn from their mistakes mm. and emulate the good things that they did. We also see that um, the wise men and the wise women that we see in scripture, these are very synonymous to what we call education now. These, yeah. these men of wisdom, Solomon always coming out at stop. He was, he requested this from God. Wisdom, true wisdom comes from, from God. God. And, um, Pure and undefined. Undefined. And then we see that made Solomon outstanding. People were coming from surrounding nations to learn from Solomon. If we also live in a time, go through any God taught him. He, he, I mean, he could, he could, he could interact with birds. He could understand what animals were saying. That cannot come from the making of man. That's man true. is short-sighted, but that was from God. If we also pay keen attention to the very words of wisdom, for example, one of our teachers in school said when he lost his father at an early age, the book of Proverbs became a father to him. Mm-hmm. Spending time with the book of Proverbs, you will become wise yourself because we have a lot of words of wisdom in the book of Solomon. Ecclesiastes, for example, too, we have time and season for everything. So mm-hmm. there's just so much. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about wisdom, synonymous to education too, there is so much to glean from them. If you want to be really wise, I think it pays to stick with wisdom that comes from God and that you can find in the scripture. Mm. We are... Trying to conclude the lesson for this week, the summary. And um, Jesus, the master teacher, did not just teach the disciples. He didn't just tell them things. He didn't just give them assignments to do. He empowered them. Jesus told them of the comforter, the advocate, the paracletos, the one who would come and as the Holy Spirit. But I would pause to say that the... 
the noise we hear in the church today about this Holy Spirit thing, Trinity, there is no Holy Spirit. And uh, it's, for me, I think it's childish because um, we don't need to argue about everything. Uh, you can have your view, you can have your point, you can keep it to yourself. But when the scriptures talk about the Holy Spirit, it is very clear uh if it is from the from the catholic church or from from you know whatever we might think about it the question you need to answer is is the person of the holy spirit evident in the scriptures i mean that's a question we need to ask yeah it's true that's a question but you know everybody has a growth process the church it's everybody a, has what a growth process like a everyone growth is growing process. yes okay. and then we're not on the same level even the church at this nascent stage mm -hmm. at a point did not believe in some of these things but as they kept studying prayerfully the knowledge of these things began to um, illuminate their hearts mm -hmm. they begin to accept some of these things and then today we believe that the, the God, the Father, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one united uh, to do mission united in creation, united in purpose, and mm -hmm. what you. People, too, may have their struggles. Of course. But let them struggle with these things, mm. albeit prayerfully, so that you don't make blasphemous statements or you don't make derogatory of uh, the Godhead himself by trying to establish your point. Now, Gabriel, we can't understand it's true. mystery of the Godhead about the Godhead. That's true. We need Possibly. to be humble enough to admit that we can't understand it. I mean, the Bible is explicit we about it. it. If, we, if we can give every detail of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you'll lose your mind. Then, then who are we? Are we hey, still human? You remember that phrase? If you, oh, we can do that. If you, if you want to demystify everything there is about the Godhead, mm. you will lose your mind. But I think God has given us enough in Scripture to understand that the Holy Spirit was sent to be our helper. That's true. You know, look at what's happened now. We're talking about education and redemption. God is in the business of saving man and Jesus has played the role of, of um, the God-man. You know, he was here. He taught us. I mean, when I say he taught us, he taught the disciples and we are still disciples today. Then he showed us the way to the Father, how to live life. But that's not enough. You know, when a teacher is done teaching, the teacher gives you a kind of support system. You know, whenever you have need to check out what I've taught you, why not fall back to this test? That kind of, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is like a test, but <laughs> something to support us in the absence of a teacher. But the Holy Spirit is also a teacher. The Bible says he will lead us into all truth. truth you now, know? you know, when Jesus was here with his disciples, he had so much to teach them. He had mm. so much to tell them, but they were not ready. They were not ready. The little he taught they had difficulties in understanding some of these things. Mm. But he had to teach them anyway. They were with him for three and a half years. Mm. He was teaching. He was teaching. He was grooming so that he could also groom other people. Mm -hmm. But they had their struggles. They had things that they didn't understand. And that's why when he was departing, he told them, I would send a comforter. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would send the Holy Spirit. He will lead you into all truth. Mm -hmm. That which you do not know. He inspired the scripture. So the things that are like gray areas to us, it can make them very visible. It can make us understand them. So yes, Jesus has given us all we need in the person of the Holy Spirit to really have true education. And that's what we need today. That should be the message for the moment. That's the crux of the entire quarter. True education to restore the image of God back to man. Yeah, Gabriel, you've said it all. And we appreciate everyone for tuning in today. 
the, the lesson is very clear. See, education is not just about acquiring degrees or acquiring information and knowledge. Education should be transformational. Education should be reformational. You know, education has, true education has the capacity to change our lives, to lead us to Jesus. Because the goal of every true education is to present the students to God at the end of the day, when we shall stand on the sea of glass. And then Jesus, our great teacher, would welcome us into, into another world of education. Heaven is going to be our school. We're going to learn the science of redemption. We're going to learn the science of creation. God is going to open our eyes to the secrets of nature. It's going to be an, an unending experience. And I want to be there. I want, I want to be there. there. I'd like to also <laughs> say this, knowing the enormity of what we have looked at, education and redemption, what we all look forward to with eagerness what we cannot wait for to happen is to be redeemed and then experience the physical result of redemption when we are united with the father face to face so when the devil knows that through that we are to replace him and the fallen angels knowing the beauty of heaven knowing all that we would enjoy there you think he will sit down fold his hand and have you truly educated no he would counterfeit that goal that's why in our system today outside of our system we see that education has lost its bearing it has lost its bearing and um what should that call us to it should call us back to the basics we need to go back to what the ideal of the scripture tells us we need to go back to what god really wants from us he wants us to be redeemed so every education that doesn't speak one way or the other in that direction should be questioned in our institution integration of faith and learning should be very key whatever we want to learn let's remember whether a medical doctor whether an architect or whatever it is you want to be let the goal of restoring the image of god back to that field drive you and i can assure you that if we have this at the back of our minds we make a remarkable difference in this world for Christ, in our personal lives and in the world around us. So help us God. Amen. Thank you, Gabriel. Because Jesus lives, we can face tomorrow. So we thank everyone and we keep praying. And uh, we believe the Lord will take care of us. We are in the eye of the storm with the pandemic. And there are other things in other parts of the world. But God has promised to be faithful to his promise and he will not fail. So we want to take out this time to pray for that one person who is in dire need of God's intervention. Who knows the Lord might be listening to you now and your case may be the next <laughs> to be to be answered. And Gabriel is going to pray. The God who has um, healed us, who has restored us, will also restore you. Okay, we're praying. Thank you, Father, for the lesson discussion. We pray that it makes the needed impact in the life of the listener. We pray for that one person who is struggling right now with something that you know best, Lord. Please come through for such a one and let his matter end in testimony. So much things are happening around us. Please, Jesus, 
keep us afloat, keep us under the shield of your mighty hand, that in the end all be earned in testimony. Lord, we pray all these in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Happy day. And God's blessings. Amen. Amen.